Hey everybody, welcome to Drive Through Review 563. Today we're going to take a look at Death Watch Overkill. Now this is a game that came out earlier this year in 2016 uh, from Games Workshop. It's set in the Warhammer 40,000 universe and it's a two-player game and one side will be taking over a Death Watch kill team who is going and trying to figure out what happened to another kill team on this mining planet which is infested with these uh, this gene stealer cult of the Tyranid. So it's kind of similar to Space Hulk in a way where you've got sort of these uh, Imperial slash Terminator style guys against Gene Stealer-ish types of guys. But the gameplay is very, very different than Space Hulk. Uh, you can play it over a series of missions in a campaign or just roll up one of the missions in the, in the book and then play from there. Uh, it's got some different uh, sort of asymmetrical mechanics for each side. Uh, but go, let's go ahead and jump in and take a look at it, and then I'll tell you what I think. Okay, here is just about everything that you get in the game. Now, here is all of the board pieces here, and these are nice, very space hulky, glossy uh, boards. They are double-sided uh, for the different environments, and you can see it's modular, so you're going to be setting up uh, this map here in a variety of ways based on the mission, so it's not always going to look just like this big uh, rectangle there. Now the game comes with all of these miniatures. You're going to have the Death Watch miniatures here. I'll just give you an example. I spent some time painting these. Uh, it's actually a lot of fun to paint. That's one of the reasons my Blood Bowl is not painted. <laughs> I spent a lot of time uh, doing these. Here is a Death Watch uh, Terminator there. And this is probably the coolest miniature is the uh, uh, Gene Stealer Patriarch. And so he's pretty cool there. He's on this little pipe or something on these skulls and there's a little uh, death watch or some kind of imperial knight type of head there and there's a there's a couple of the sort of generic tyranids there and then you have your kind of mixed guys the gene stealers so there's a variety of uh, I think these these guys are the um, uh, the acolyte hybrids and these are the neophytes excuse me and then the acolytes are the more alien looking suckers here so he's a little bit more alien than human there. Uh, so you get all this stuff here. Now there are some other uh, miniatures over there. Uh, there are They've released rules for another kill team. So we've got these guys here that you can get. I think all the packs here are about 30 bucks each. Um, but here's one of the kill team guys. And they have some more like specialist uh, gene stealers. So this guy's kind of a demolitionist and stuff. Um, and so you can put all that stuff together. So, so how does the game actually work? Well one player is going to take over the uh, Kilting Cassius here, and this is the, the main guy here, so he's going to be in a lot of your missions. He's going to be leading this group, and you're going to take a certain number of these depending on the mission, and there's going to be a certain sort of makeup of this horde here. And you're going to just set this board up, uh, you know, the way the mission is designed, and then you're going to have different objectives based on that. And you can play through a campaign, which actually is, uh, it's very, very simple, but it actually works pretty well. So you're going to get different sort of bonuses for uh, the following missions based on, you know, the consequences of the previous mission. In addition to the minis, you're going to have some different cards. Now, the Death Watch player will get cards for each of their soldiers. So they're each going to have different special abilities, different uh, fight stats, and so on, and also possible special abilities. And whenever they take uh, damage, you're going to turn them over to the wounded side. Now, if you damage them again, then they're going to be limited and they're going to be out of that particular round or that scenario. Uh, if you do not do another damage, they're going to automatically heal because they're very extra resilient uh, brainwashed fighters. Uh, now, the alien player, the gene stealer player, is going to get this deck of cards. You will see these are sleeved. I will say the components in this game 
unbelievable fantastic. Uh, putting together these miniatures is relatively pretty easy. I would say even if you were kind of a new miniatures player, most of these go to go together very, very well. I believe there was a not even a handful. I, I could count on less than one hand. A couple that has some issue with just kind of, they were sort of fiddly to put together. But the vast majority of the ones that come in the game uh, are very easy to put together. But the one kind of knock against the clumps in the game is the card quality. It's not very good. You definitely want to go ahead and sleeve those. Everything else is fine. I mean, these cards are fine. The boards are fine. Um, but these particular cards that the alien gets are a little bit on the cheap side. But go ahead and sleeve them in. You're going to be good. So you're going to get these. You're going to draw a hand of these every turn. You can have a hand limit defined by the scenario. And they'll do their dual purpose. I'll explain what they do real quick. So you, each of these has a little ambush section here at the top. This is going to tell you what type and how many of a particular type of gene stealer you could spawn out. Now you can see here on the edges of the board, it, in the scenario will define for you which are the edges that they can come in on. You're going to put these down and then at a certain point in the round you're going to flip these up and then they're going to sort of spawn on here and you'll be able to move them and try to assault the uh, the marines that are there. Uh, so the other thing is you can hold a card back and use it for its gambit ability and it tells you, gives you sort of a sudden um, or a timed way to actually play this. So play this card at the start of your attack phase or play this card in your movement phase or sometimes into a response to an attack. So you kind of hold these back. So there's a real kind of interesting decision for uh, the Gene Stealer player, you know, what to send out, what to hold back and try to play, you know, as a special ability. All of these special abilities for the uh, the Marines here are going to come from using their individual characteristics. Uh, now there are some of the larger uh, and more effective uh, gene stealer players. You got the Primus and the Magus and then the, the Patriarch there. They actually have uh, double-sided cards. All the other gene stealers, once they take one damage, boom, they're eliminated, but you send horde after horde after horde. So how does a round actually work? Well, the rule book itself is very, very simple, but I just want to show kind of the size of it. There's a lot of fluff in this rule book, and you can see, though, there's a lot of pages, but I would not let this deter you at all because the game is very, very straightforward and intuitive. Uh, like I said, there's a lot of fluff, and there's also a lot of, you know, here's how you set up the mission, here's what the objectives are kind of thing. Everything you need to know, really, is on the back of the rule book, uh, plus in the case especially of the death launch, it's going to be on the cards itself. So how does a turn sequence work? The first thing we're going to do is do the broodmind phase. And so they're going to draw, the gene stealer is going to draw up to their hand limit, whatever it is defined by the scenario. And then you're going to lay ambushes out. Now typically you can't lay more than two ambushes on a spot. You've got to kind of spread them out. And the, like I said, the scenario will tell you where you can and can't put those out. And then after the gene stiller has laid these out, then we're going to go into the death watch commander movement phase. So any of these death watch folks here are going to be able to move uh, up to their speed. So you can see here's the speed and you can see we have these kind of, let's just move some of these guys here, these little zones here that are sort of outlined. So I could go one, two and move them up to here. Now you can also make a jump. So if we look up here, We'll just move this camera up here. We could try to make a jump across here. And you have here the combat ruler, but you can also use it uh, for the jump. And so let's say he was here and we could try to jump here, but we're not gonna be able to do it because it has to be within assault range. You can only jump a very, very small distance there. And when you do do a jump, you actually are gonna roll a die. And on a one, you're gonna fall down and you're gonna not be able to move them. And you actually are going to take a wound and be wounded. So it's very uh, risky to do that. Now, when you do move into a zone, 
you can put your units anywhere in that zone. So if I move here, they can land anywhere within there. And so that can be very important because the combat is measured by the ruler. Now, if there are enemy uh, folks in there, then you can move into that, uh, but you cannot move out of the zone until you slay those figures. Now, after the Death Watch player moves, then the Gene Stealer will be able to move and they're going to move all the models on their board and then that will launch any ambushes here. So you move everything and then you'll launch everything. So these will be just come on the board and won't be able to move until the next round. And then you're gonna get three attack phases. So this is interesting. The Death Watch is gonna get an attack and then the Gene Stealer does an attack and the Death Watch does a second attack. So there's definitely going to be a lot more uh, Gene Stealers on the board and very, very few uh, Death Watch, but they get a chance to kind of attack twice. So how does combat actually work? Well, let's take a look here. So the combat is basically the same for both the Gene Stealers and here, the Death Watch players there. Now here we can see all of the stats for all of the different types of Gene Stealers. And then again, each of these guys has, in addition to a special ability, they have their own kind of like combat chart there. So let's say for fun, Cassius was gonna make an attack. So he's here got a Bolt Pistol, and he's also got uh, a Hellfire Rounds on a, known as a Bolt Pistol. So this is gonna show you the amount of dice that you're going to roll, and this is the number that you need to actually get a hit. So we're gonna roll three dice, and we're gonna be hitting on threes there. So in that case, we rolled very well, and we're gonna have three hits. And so then let's say he was attacking uh, this fella here, and this is the, what is this, the auto gun, hybrid with the auto gun. He's got no armor, you can see that there. So those hits would just go through. But if an attack was happening, in, in this case on Cassius, let's say three hits came to him, he's going to roll for each of those hits and he's going to save on a two plus there. So he's pretty, pretty uh, strong. Now, some of the Gene Stealers have a little bit of armor, like a five plus or a six plus, but it's, you know, you're going to mow through them pretty much. Now, the other thing to know here, of course, is the range. So here we have Cassius and he's going to be attacking uh, this Gene Stealer. Now, since he is within assault range, you can see we've got the ruler here, then he gets to be able to do that big attack roll with the three dice because it's an assault. Now combat range is going to be measured here like so. So you've got up to here's combat range and then here's a maximum range. So you can see here, he can't make any uh, attacks there at maximum range. And if he's doing this, the same uh, you know types of rounds with the bolt pistol, he only gets the one dice there. Now there are some special abilities, rend and blast, for example. So blast will target actually a zone so you can do multiple damage. Rend will kind of uh, traverse, so if you do enough damage to hit him, it'll go on to the next one and so on. And then you can also get cleave, which basically ignores, in this case, armor. So there, you don't make an armor save against anything that has cleave on it. Uh, the last thing is you can forgo your attack for your attack phase and actually do a move. You can move one space or, you know, jump one space. And that's pretty much the game. Okay, that is Death Watch Overkill. And frankly, I was pretty surprised uh, by how much I enjoyed this game. Uh, so you have two relatively asymmetric sides. Uh, the Gene Stealer side is really, really straightforward to kind of just say send wave after wave of your Gene Stealers. And they always have the goal of like slay a certain number of Death Watch before they do whatever the scenario goal is. So the Death Watch might be in to go like retrieve something or go blow something up or go kill something or, you know, maybe even slay a certain number of Gene Stealers themselves. Uh, but the Gene Stealer is really straightforward, but then you add in that deck of cards and it has a nice kind of hand management sort of aspect where it's like, okay, I put these guys out here, 
save this card for its special ability. Maybe I'll have a good opportunity to use that this round or try to set myself up for that. And you can even kind of bluff when you put those down. You don't necessarily have to spend those and ambush with those. Uh, so that kind of gives some flavor to that side. Whereas the Death Watch side, it's all about using the special abilities of the different characters that you choose. And you can choose, uh, you know, the characters a lot of times for the different scenarios. So I'm going to choose, you know, they give you, what is it, like 11 or 12 uh, total that you can have. And you're not always going to take, you know, that many of them. So you're going to kind of pick and choose and sort of like deck build in a way, sort of configure your little small unit, your small army of guys that are going to go in there. And if you do get that extra pack, it gives you like five other guys uh, that you can choose and you can swap those in as well. Uh, so, but on the terms of the Death Watch player, they seem a little bit more straightforward, I think, because they don't have like the deck of cards, but they're really actually playing against that deck and kind of both players kind of need to learn that deck of cards and and, and figure out, you know, what, how the Gene Stealer player is going to play. Because, uh, you know, you have tendencies to like to favor certain special effects and, you know, different things like that. So you've got to be kind of wary uh, of that. Uh, but the game mechanics are just like dirt, dirt simple. Um, it, to the point where when I read the rules, I was like, hmm, I don't know, this seems really basic. And it is, but... Uh, it really has some good, like, emergent qualities that come out of it. Uh, I think because it's core, it's, I can't explain it, you know, it's so dirt simple. If you watch the walkthrough, it's like, you put some cards down, you spawn, you move, I move, you know, you get it to attack, I maybe get to attack twice, you know, I kind of learn my special abilities, that's it, back and forth, the rounds go super, super quick. Lots of dice rolling, um, you know, and you try to get your, maneuver yourself in a position where you can make the most and have the, the better uh, attacks versus, you know, where you just roll the one die or whatever. Uh, but once you kind of get into it, it really plays, and it's just like a lot of fun. It, I mean, it's got that kind of Games Workshop style of, it's always has a little bit of edge of like gambling, kind of seat of your pants, but it never really ever feels like it's just dumb. You know, it's not like I'm just sitting there, we're just rolling dice back and forth, even though there's a ton of dice rolling. It has a lot of just stuff in there that is more, the game always ends up to me seeming more about what the player does, the risks the player takes, and kind of, you know, watching the risks that they like, they like to take. It becomes more about me versus you than, you know, figuring out some kind of system and mechanisms. And that's a really a refreshing kind of thing, actually, uh, these days. And it has a solid sort of, you know, kind of underpinnings to kind of balance it out and, you know, in a little bit of asymmetry there in terms of like, you know, I'm doing some hand management, you're doing some kind of positioning and kind of working your special abilities. Uh, and, and sort of uh, dovetailing off of that is the campaign rules in here. I think, there's, was there eight? There's more than that. There's nine, 10, 10 missions. There's nine missions. <laughs> there's some number of missions. There's nine missions. And it has very, very simple uh, like rewards for moving to the next thing. It's like you get to have an extra card on your, uh, on your, um, uh, you know, when you draw your cards, or maybe you get to pull in an extra unit or something like that. Very, very simple. Nothing too super groundbreaking. You don't have to write anything down, and it's not like character development or anything like that. But it, it is a nice way to sort of tie that together and play in very quick sessions. I mean, the games are usually less than an hour, and then you can sit down and play a couple, and then, you know, you pick it up next weekend and you play through some more. And it's really, really just a fun game. It's just a real interesting thing. There is a little bit of a story to it as they kind of, you know, they move through this mining area to try to, you know, figure out what happened to uh, Kill Team uh, Exus that was there before. 
So it, it just really is sort of a sort of unassuming package in that way, but there's really a lot of fun uh, that you can have here. Uh, so I know it's probably, if you look at my subtitle, uh, it's a little bit of a knock on Space Hulk. I am the one freak on this earth that does not enjoy Space Hulk for some reason. I can't figure out why, but to me, this is a, a better, for me, Space Hulk, because the Gene Stealer player, or the Tyranid player, as it were, uh, is a little bit more interesting to play. Actually, a lot more interesting to play in terms of this. And, you know, I think the Marines or the Death Watch is a lot more interesting to play because it's not, uh, for me, has the, the corridor thing. The corridor thing kind of drives me crazy with Space Hulk. <laughs> so I think because this is a little bit open, you've got positioning and range and stuff to keep in mind. You might like, I just need to stay just out of range. If I move my guy here and just kind of position him in the zone, you know, it has that aspect to it which makes it feel a little bit like a tabletop miniatures game. Very, very, very light. Um, but it has just enough of those qualities to make me, I mean, 100% of the time I would rather play this. So I think if you are a Space Hulk fan, I think you still would probably like this. And I think if you played Space Hulk and you were like, yeah, I wanted to have that kind of real, just in your face, you know, quick combat game, maybe a little bit of a campaign scenarios, and you didn't really like it, you're one of the eight people on the earth, like, except me, or including me, then maybe give this one a shot too. Uh, because I think to me, this is, this is what I would kind of imagine Space Hulk to be, even though this is not a giant Space Hulk, it's in a, a planet of some sort. So definitely, uh, pick this one up. I think it's definitely flown under the radar, uh, this year. Uh, I saw it come out, you know, back in March or whatever, and just kind of didn't really think much of it. And I talked to a couple of friends of mine, and they were like, you know what, you should really try this. It's kind of unassuming, you know, kind of under the covers kind of thing. And wow, it's a really, really, really fun game. I definitely recommend it. It's almost like a filler Ameritrash, which if you watch my channel, you know that I, I really adore in a lot of ways because there's not enough of that kind of thing. But it's not really a filler. I mean, it definitely goes a little bit longer than a filler. But sort of like that meaty filler kind of thing where it's like, you know, I've got 45 minutes or an hour. I don't want to blow my brain cells on anything. I don't want to play something that takes me 20 minutes either. This is perfect for that. It's really, really perfect. It's an engaging start to finish. And it's got a lot of drama and excitement and stuff like that in it. So definitely take a look at it. Thanks.